0: Welcome everyone to the Carolina Outdoors, your host Bill Barty on this side. As you join us, however you may be joining us, whether you're listening to us via the airwaves of WBT radio up and down the eastern seaboard early on a Saturday morning, or maybe many of you are joining us via podcast, welcome all to the Carolina Outdoors, where we come in tackling different topics, different categories, different people coming onto the program to share their knowledge of of what is going on in the Carolinas, what's going on, trending in the marketplace, and what's going on across the country and across the world. Uh, this segment is going to be no different. We're going to have a little bit of an educational moment too, but the topic is going to be footwear. TJ Boggs on the other side, not to put you on the spot. The difference bet- between a podiatrist and a podorthist. Oh man, I have I've only heard of one of those words <laughs> for <before laughs> well, today. So okay, so podiatrist. We'll start with that one. That is a doctor that specializes in the treating of foot and ankle problems. Where a podorthist—that's your new word. Okay, that's a footwear specialist that creates or modifies shoes, socks, orthotics that aid management and recovery from various foot problems. Ah, excellent. Okay. So, mark that down. Now, our, our guest, as we come in to talk about trends in footwear and what's happening in footwear is a 30-year veteran. He Actually, he was a, a trained pedorthist in his earlier life, but he's been in footwear with feet and with shoes and boots for 30 years with Adrenaline Sports Marketing, uh, tackling the entire Southeast and then some um, trainer athlete and sales. He's joining us now. Kev Martin, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Bill.
1: Thank you, TJ. Appreciate it.
0: Kev, it's always good to get you on here. You're no stranger to the Carolina outdoors, but footwear is an ever-evolving category. And of course, in the active realm of outdoor, well, I, I should back up and say footwear trends always. There's fashion, there's style, there's function, there's support, there's protection, there's Many more other reasons that we wear footwear. And in the marketplace, the world marketplace, I think it's $392 billion in 2022 took up the spins. So it's a big business as well, uh, footwear is. But Kev, you've been a part of it. Uh, Primarily, I would say on the active side, active and or recovery side of footwear, Um, And and I know you've seen those different trends of style. This means the platform elevated look that people wear down to the minimal footwear that people sometimes wear. Kev, what's going on in the marketplace right now as far as active and or recovery footwear?
1: Wow, that's a that's a, a broad spectrum uh, type answer because there are so many dynamic things happening with uh, with foot, where you see the elevated platforms as you mentioned, the extra material between you and the surface you're standing or running or walking or hiking on, and then you see the other end of the spectrum, which are more the barefoot style uh, shoes that have a minimal. and A good a good analogy would be the difference you might feel in a in a sports car sitting in a Firm bucket seat, feeling connected to the mm-hmm. steering and the chassis, and henceforth the road, versus sitting on a city bus, where <laughs> or, or or the bench seat of an, of your grandfather's old pickup truck, <laughs> where it's much more uh, broad and cushy. You might feel a lot of the bumps along the way, but it's not as connected of a feel. And then there's every every place in between. And so what the what a Pedorthist really does is, and a lot of a lot of the shoe stores in the country the better ones they often referred to as sit-and-fit fit mm-hmm. stores, they, they are trained in, in sitting you down and, and sort of interviewing you and in your life and your feet. They want to look at your feet after all. Um, starting there, they can gain information and, and data about, you know, what what are the things you deal with. Have you sprained your ankle when you were a kid? You know, did you break a foot skiing in Veil? you know, 20 years ago, or, or do you uh, wear hiking boots a lot? And learn a lot about what your preferences are and what are the things you maybe don't like about shoes you buy or have worn. Um, there, there's a million things that, that can come up, but the pedorthist then is, you know, or the, the trained fit and that uh, person in a shoe store is looking for shoe styles and brands that best match the biology or the biomechanics of your body and your foot. After that comes vanity, you know, and fashion and style, yes. of which there's no there's no limit. Um, in my career, it's true. I've I've grew up in the islands of South Florida, and if I was wearing shoes at all. I was wearing flip flops, maybe top siders, and then eventually wearing cleats on a on a soccer pitch or a football field and you know, have seen it. Have seen the athletic side of things uh, really evolve through through the last uh, couple decades, several decades, in terms of how much cushion there is, how much support. Um, of course, uh, Nike has brought things to market that actually can help you run faster um, in a linear kind of way, A to B. But I think what a lot of people are looking for, especially since the the pandemic, is a way to become more connected to their environment, um, more. Think more lateral movement, not just walking heel to toe, but almost like a uh, side of your foot, like you were be moving from sideline to sideline on a tennis court, or maybe if you were playing defense on basketball. In uh, basketball, that lateral movement is what we don't get so much of, and that's the part of the footwear industry I'm most interested in because we're involving all 100 moving parts in your foot.
0: Wow, well said, including the 100 moving parts. Of the foot. I guess that's the uh, 28 bones, 30 joints, and more than 100 muscles, ligaments, and tendons all in there. TJ thinks that I have this on the top of my head, Kev. I'm reading it off a piece of paper. You had me fooled. (laughs) But there are a lot uh, of moving parts in there. And Kev, some of the things you just said really intrigued me. And I've got another little word game, uh, and and you both can play. Um, It's the difference between science and art. Oh, okay. and, and it's going to come back to you, Kevin, talking about, uh, talking about you know, uh, taking care of one's feet, recognizing the problems, trying to solve those problems, uh, um, b- but then maybe you don't solve it right away. Is, is being a podorthist or being a footwear expert sometimes part science, which is designed to be objective and guided by data, where art is subjective and deeply influenced by feelings and opinions. Um, Does that sometimes go along? I know art is partly uh, in fashion of footwear, but is there a bit of it in the function of footwear as well, solving that problem, that might not be quite quantified by data? There's a bit of trial and error, and tell me what you feel when you put these on. You want me to tackle that one or TJ you want to go first? <laughs> I, I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> Kev, you're okay. the you're the super trainman. one. TJ's over there pushing. I red just buttons. wear shoes. That's <laughs> all I <laughs> that's it. Well that's good. He's got because, velcro uh, velcro know, the, on his.
1: The, the most I'd say probably obvious one is uh with the, the finer gender uh, of women that wear heels, mm-hmm. or wear uh, you know the fashion-forward styles, more contemporary, where the heel is lifted, and you could say men who wear work boots that have a a, a pronounced heel, or you think think of the traditional cowboy boot, yeah. um, you know, we're built and we we come into this world with not wearing shoes obviously, and that's what we're designed to how we're designed to work and operate on a natural surface more all the time. And our, our body is actually designed to last about a hundred years. If you, you know, by the science data, you know, the wear and tear of the ligament and the, and the, uh, muscle and tendon, uh, on bone, uh, relationship, we, we could get a hundred years out of, out of our bodies if we take care of ourselves. And we all probably know someone who's made it close to that or yes. over that. But, uh, in, we do things to sort of handicap ourselves along the way, right? We live on concrete, yes. uh, we wear elevated heels, and what that, what that does is pitch the pelvis Forward, which causes the spine and the shoulders and the neck to compensate with the angle that we hold them at, which means that our muscles have to respond to that. So years and years, we, we don't ju- these things, ailments of the foot and sometimes the 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 leg, the hip, the, the back. They don't just happen overnight. Now, if you have a you know a a, a blunt force trauma or impact, yeah. of course that can happen. But most of it we do to ourselves over a repeat. We're we're creatures of habit, and we do do these things for years and years, and that's what leads to things like plantar fasciitis, heel spurs, bunions, uh, you know, putting shoes on that may not necessarily fit. We talk a lot about um, a lot of the fallacies in the footwear world, and one of them is simple. Um, We really don't wear or buy shoes by the numbers. When you walk into Jesse Brown's Outfitters, by the way, you know, you, you guys are great because when you walk in and a customer like to look at some footwear, you don't really ask them what size do they wear and then go grab a bunch of boxes in the back. Anybody can do that. But right. we really don't buy shoes by the, by, by the number. That number we all carry around in our head is just an index number. So and it it can differ, right? You might wear a ten in Reebok, but you might wear a ten and a half in Vasque or a nine and a half in Solomon and so forth. So that is really you know one thing that we have to consider when we uh, go into a, a better footwear store who can sit you down and measure you. Ideally what they're doing is measuring you while you're seated, uh with no weight on your foot and kind of see what your foot looks like, uh Uh, in an unweighted situation, and then the dynamic measurement is when you stand up and often people's feet look like they grow sometimes a size or even two sizes on the Brannock device and they might spread out in width also. That's where a podorthous may enter the picture, or may offer a an ortho, custom orthotic that could be used to help the, help the plantar fascia ligament uh, shore up the length of the foot and make the footwear more com- uh, comfortable. Because, after all, footwear is the best example in humankind, really, in human history, of a bell curved, mass produced product. Right. right so we're but all of us are different all of us have uh, you know different issues and sometimes one foot's a little bigger than the other longer than the other whatever and that is where the shoe uh stops and that's where the fitting comes in so that's that's one way to think of how science versus um, you know, fashion may may uh, you know control the things that we buy.
0: I think and that well. is well said, TJ. He just wrapped it up in a in a pretty uh, package and with a ribbon on top.
1: That made sense to me. But can you say <laughs> plantar fasciitis on the uh, t- on radio?
0: I'm not sure. Uh, beep that part out. Gotcha. Plantar no <laughs> plantar, beep,
1: Fasciitis. Yeah, you got it.
0: The one thing I plantar heard. from
1: from Latin planter from Latin oh. meaning against the ground and fasciitis meaning or fascia meaning sheath so if you and you can do this on your own just sitting down take your shoe off and put your uh, foot over your other knee like you're crossing your legs pull your toes back and take one of your hands and feel along the bottom of your foot and you'll feel the this band uh it feels like a a guitar Mm -hmm. string actually becomes taut as you pull back on the toes and that that's the plantar fascia and then when it's subjected to uh, strain and over tension for literally years, uh, ligaments and tendons really aren't made to stretch a whole lot. Now we can tear a muscle, you know, pull a ligament, um, but but really the uh, or a tendon. But the the body's natural reaction, uh, the brain says that can't deal with this anymore. So it will send messages to the skeletal system and literally calcify more material on the front end of the of the heel bone, the calcaneus bone, and on. An X-ray, it looks like a hook or a spur, and that and that is designed to take tension off of that plantar fascia ligament. Hence, the term heel spur. That's and it's very; it can be very painful. I'm sure uh, anyone listening who's uh, experienced oh, yes. knows exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Hey, I've got a question because as you were going through that, well, a little side note. Part of the beauty of what you said in art was. A foot measured may tell you that foot size, but it will not tell you the actual shoe size because shoe size, shoe sizes vary with even brands, Uh, different styles of shoes within brands can vary. So uh, your your foot size uh, compared to the shoe size can vary. That's one thing that makes it an art by itself. But, Kev, the other thing that you mentioned is you started talking about uh, pelvises and knees, I think, and ankles. All of (laughs) that starts at the bottom of the foot, right? So it starts in the arch and works its way up so it can affect you. The support and protection involved with the footwear that you wear affects your ankles, affects your knees, affects your hips, your pelvis, your lower back. All of that starts at the foundation, Am I right?
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. You're second grade teacher would be very proud of you. <laughs> yeah, Your I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it definitely is a, a trickle-up effect, What you know, what we do to the foot. And at the other end, when we add a backpack maybe, we add a book bag. Mm-hmm. Students in school, this is when they first sort of experience, you know, uh, strain as their bodies are developing and they've already added 20 pounds of books on their back. We do it with backpacks. We do it with briefcases over one shoulder going through the airport. But yes, it definitely starts at the foot. So what happens at the arch, and that is another sort of fallacy we could touch on, it's kind of a rabbit hole, but uh, there really is no such thing as arch support in the Uh, foot. We we often, you know, I think we're looking for a shoe with good arch support, but I can Tell you, I can name all 28 bones in the foot, and I assure you, not one is called the arch bone. There are a series of, you know, four bones mm-hmm. in the arch, but they all work together. They all have to sort of rely on each other for the inferences and the data they receive through the proprioceptive cells on the on the bottom of our foot, the sole of our foot. And if you've walked on the beach and you've you know seen the print that a foot leaves in the sand ahead of you, or maybe on a you know, wet foot on a pool deck, same thing. We're all a little bit different. But the arch only does what the heel tells it to. So looking at the skeletal bones of the foot, the calcaneus really controls what the arch does. Uh, just like the Roman aqueducts of thousands of years ago, they're still there, many of them. Um, they actually get stronger the more weight you put on them. Uh, there is a stone at the very top of the of the aqueduct called the keystone. If you mess with that, you pull that stone out. Yes, it will collapse. And what some footwear does is it actually uh, aggravates or messes, you know, sort of distracts the bones of the arch of the foot. And eventually, it feels good in the store sometimes, yes. but eventually your foot's like, wow, this is too much. This is too much arch support. And for those listeners who've ever worn brands like Birkenstock, which, you know, a lot of, of course, Jesse Brown's customers uh, have, have those, or yeah. Chaco, or Mephisto, uh, Neiman. They're numerous. These all share a common uh, build which we call a uh, rigid heel counter that heel counter where the heel sits in a pocket kind of resembles a bucket seat of a sports car it's firm but it's got shape to it and that's what keeps the heel bone the calcaneus in alignment with the shin and you know the tibia and the fibula hence you know the femur and then the pelvis and it all starts to line up It's when we uh, don't have support or we're in a a shoe that has uh, no heel support or heel counter, especially on a flat, hard, concrete surface when the body has to sort of compensate. And and, and we're made to compensate, right? That's what we do. But for years, doing that for years and years and years in the same environment, the body starts to adapt, and not always in a good way. And that's that's again back to when plantar fasciitis can come in, or heel pain, or hip hip pains common lower back L one one two three four, uh, SI issues. You know the list goes on. But yes, it definitely starts at the foot and it trickles up.
0: Well, I have to ask you because you just if you're just joining us here on the Carolina Outdoors, the voice right there is Kev Martin, Adrenaline Sports Marketing. Is his company for over thirty years. He's worked in the footwear business and on feet as well. Kev, with that being said, because we're running low on time, this is we got to do this more often um, at Jesse <laughs> Brown's. And you cover uh, the southeast, uh, working with stores, with companies, and uh, two of your brands, Five Fingers being yeah. one, one yeah. of the Vibram companies. Um, that is back to basics. That is a company that's celebrating minimalism. Um, And I guess, just like that aqueduct, the more weight you put on it, the more you exercise those muscles, the stronger that they get back to the natural setting. Am I platforming that okay? Absolutely.
1: You're dead on. Yeah, the more you can use – used to be isolate and train was the way we thought of – any kind of muscle training or strength training but now it's, more, it's much more comprehensive. You want to get all your muscles, ligaments, tendons, and bones involved. Uh, it's more of a range of motion. And uh, As I said earlier, when the pandemic came along and we couldn't go to the gym or can go anywhere, uh, our uh, Vibram Five Fingers became very popular because people wanted that grip uh, so they could do Pilates, yoga, uh, you know, different kinds of isometric exercises at home and, and still have the support and protection of their foot. And for those who don't know what five fingers are, it's really almost like a glove that uh, is a very minimalist in build, and they, and they cover your foot and protect it. But the benefits that are associated, uh, it's re- reduced risk of injuries, enhanced performance, have a more natural feel. Anybody who loves to be barefoot, you know, love, loves Vibram and Vibram five fingers.
0: I mentioned Five Fingers. Furoshiki is the other one. I guess that's a sister company within Five Fingers and Vibram. And it kind of has a taco wrap to a degree without the (laughs) toes separated, but it still has that minimalist uh, concern to it.
1: Yes. The Japanese burrito, we sometimes yeah, call. that's uh, what I was. Going it's for. a it's a wrap, and uh, it's unique. Furoshiki, uh, a word derivative of uh, if you everybody did origami when they were kids, and that's the Japanese word for folding paper. Furoshiki is the Japanese word for folding cloth. And that's where the stylism of the shoe comes from, has a right side and a left side and it sort of folds over your foot in two leafs and lets the toes expand. It's, again, a very minimalist shoe feel. It's great for kids because mom doesn't or dad doesn't have to deal with laces. <laughs> <Yes. of. laughs> Sit down and get them attached and you can go. But for travelers, for lightweight uh, travelers who want to stay, you know, minimalist, it's a great solution. And they're they're pretty stylish. They've been in a lot of movies
0: lately. And there's that, too. Kev Martin, Adrenaline Sports Marketing. You are a gem to be on here. I know you're a busy man, especially with uh, footwear season in full effect. Thank you for jumping on the Carolina Outdoors and sharing your knowledge.